address as Father, the one who impartially judges according to each man's work. Conduct yourselves in fear, Phobos, during the time of your stay upon the earth. One might say your sojourn. What's my conduct like? What, what, how many times does God have to say it? Here's the point, church. Reading God's word. We're going to Proverbs 16. Reading God's word and obeying God's law and serving God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This, this fear of God is going to take you to another level in Christianity, in your walk of faith. Right? But first you've got to fear God, right? You've got to fear God first. And then you can move to that next level. A lot of people want to jump to the next level. You don't jump to the next level. You fear God first. Proverbs chapter 16. You say, well, well preacher, you know, the Bible doesn't give us these steps. No, well, when God gave the law to Israel, the first thing he taught them was, you fear me. You fear me, and the, the whole point of that is to keep you away from sin because you have regard or understanding of the consequence of your actions. Are there any consequences? No, unfortunately, our world and maybe some members of the church don't believe there are consequences any longer. And that's why people just don't care. They, they don't care. The, the, the world is mixed up. How do we fix the moral decline in our own lives? Right? How, do, how do we fix this? Proverbs 16. I read this to you last week. I wanted to read it again. Verse 4. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. How arrogant am I today, church? How arrogant am I? By loving kindness and truth, verse 6, by loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. It, it's the fear of God that keeps me from that. Right? Let, let's stay in, in, in the, the wisdom literature for just a moment. Uh, let's turn over to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. You know, Solomon lived his life gifted by God with all the wisdom and all the, the money you can imagine, etc. And, and in all the things that he did, both good and bad, focusing on, on, on all those things. And he says, you know, here's, here's, what, here's all that matters. Verse 13. The conclusion when all that's been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. Fear God. So, so let me, may I ask this question? When, when you find that, that you've done something you're not supposed to do, Do you look for the first opportunity to pray to God and repent? Or have you found that there's so much sin in your life you haven't even thought about that? I mean, think about that. When, when, you, 
when you react in an ungodly way to something that happens in, in your circumstances or your situation of life, do you, do you look for the first opportunity to pray to God and ask for forgiveness? Or do you just figure that over time God's going to forget and everything's going to be all right? Or no one saw me, so what difference does it make? <laughs> right? Or it's in my head. Well, get it out. Church, the conclusion to the whole thing is you're going to stand before God. Are you ready? For God will bring every... So get your ink pens out and maybe you want to scratch that word every out and put like some... Or do you, would you, want, you want to change that word or can we leave it as is? God will bring every act to judgment everything which is hidden whether it is good or evil if that doesn't shake your boots I might as well sit down but I've got a few more scriptures to go to first what's, what's in your every this morning what is a part of your not mine you, you can easily pick mine out. But what's in your every? Every. Every. Proverbs, please. Chapter 9. Do I fear God? The consequences. And the consequences that will come. You ever heard someone say, well, my God will never. You got the wrong God. And that's the problem. It's your God. We're talking about the God. And this is one of those things people say, well, you, you know, we can't, we can't talk about this because people aren't going to come to church services. If they're not coming for God, they're coming for the wrong reason anyway. We're trying to save souls, church. Starting with my own. Right? I want to be saved. Proverbs 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding chapter 1 Proverbs verse 7 you want wisdom you begin with fearing God you begin with recognizing that if the creator if the creator tells me to do something wisdom says what I don't know. What does wisdom say? <laughs> do it. This isn't a, this isn't, we don't, we don't need to be rocket scientists for this one. If the creator of the universe says to do it, you don't start looking for loopholes, church. Right? Proverbs 1 and verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The beginning of knowledge. Well, what does God want me to do? Well, we read it already. But what else does God want me to do? God wants us to think like Him. Proverbs 8. God wants us to think like Him, to act like Him, to be like Him. And that begins with fear, church. 
Proverbs 8 in verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate my friend. You know what my friend is, right? I have the same friend as you. Evil. I'm supposed to hate evil, not like it. Not justify it, not enjoy it. I'm supposed to be like God, think like God. I'm supposed to hate evil. I'm supposed to hate pride. I'm supposed to hate arrogance. Is that in? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance, and the evil way. How many times do you have to say it? Right? Hate evil and hate the evil way. Hate pride and hate arrogance. Because it's going to destroy us, isn't it? Individually, right? It, it destroys me, personally. My evil, my love for my sin destroys me. Your love for your sin destroys you. And, and I'm so prideful, I can, I can justify it away. And then he goes one more step. And he says, oh, by the way, there's one more thing I want you to hate. That perverted mouth of yours. Oh. My perverted mouth and the perverted mouth I hate. And you say, preacher, this isn't prosperity preaching. I know. It's soul preaching. Right? We're not trying to get a billion people in this building make just because they think they can get rich. We're trying to save souls, church. And then we want a billion people in here who want their souls to be saved. First John, please. So these verses demonstrate that the fear of God is, this is the foundational uh, aspect of the Christian faith and our responsibility toward our God. And when we recognize the power and the holiness and the sovereignty of God. I mean, it changes everything when you, when you can recognize those things. And when we do that, when we do that, when we grow in our walk of faith and we fear God, we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. So many people think that they got life under control. No, we don't. We're just mere vessels that are weak and we don't even recognize it sometimes. We learn to obey God. We learn to fear God. We learn to, to do the will of God. Now, let's go to the next, the next level. Now, now please, if, if you haven't gone, if you haven't been at part one, please don't listen to part two and go, yep, that's where I am. You got to start at part one, church. We have to, you have to have this, this trembling fear of God of what God can do for you because you realize I got all this sin in my life and I've got to turn my life around. I'm going to turn my life to God. You got to start there because God wants to move you from there over to here, but He doesn't start you here, He starts you over here, right here. The fear of the Lord is not just being afraid of, of, of the punishment or the consequences of God. But let me tell you where it goes. The fear of the Lord carries us into this deep, reverent respect for God. 
You get that? It's, so I, I fear God, and, I, and I'm, learning, I'm learning now what God wants, and, I'm, and my, my reverence is, is growing so deep to where I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to sin against my, I don't want to sin against the God of, of the universe. Uh, I, I have such respect for him. It's not respect like, hello, sir, hello, ma'am. It's, it's reverence. It's reverential. It's this deep and abounding and amazing respect based on the fact that God is sovereign. He's not like us. And so it's hard to even use a word to, to, to carry over that concept, that idea from the depth of fear to this, this living, that uh, recognizing the sovereignty of God. And so I want to pray to my God and ask him, please, to keep me right with him. Not because now I'm moving beyond this, this frightful fear. Not because I'm still in the frightful fear stage. Or because I have learned to love my God so much. To where he is my everything. In word, in thought, and in deed. And I'm not a hypocrite. I am, I am being honest with God. And saying, God, here's who I am. And when I do that, you know what happens? I get right back over here. Because I don't like who I am without Jesus. How about you? I I don't like who I am without God. I love who I am with God. But if it wasn't for God and the blood of Jesus, I would not be right here. And neither would you. There's this deep relationship that is cultivated in this amazing respect for God and recognition of his awesome power and that power both on the side of, of the miraculous and the non-miraculous, that, that power on the side of salvation and also punishment is just a deep recognition of his authority in my life. God has the authority over my life. How about yours? Does he have the authority over your life? Or are we just those, you know, Americans, don't tell me what to do. God has the authority. And here's what God wants. He wants us to move from this, this fear, this, this phobos, this, this yare, this dreadful fear. Keeping it intact. But moving into this reverential fear for God based on his sovereignty and majesty, and then it brings my mind and my heart and my soul and my body to the point of submission to my God. Even so, when I don't want to do something, I do it because I love God more than I love myself. First John chapter 4, verse 18. There's no fear in love. See what just happened? you got to start over here, church. Right? you got to understand what fear is to understand what the text is talking about. There's no phobos. There's no phobia of God over here. When you, when you got your life aligned with Jesus. But if your life is not aligned with Jesus, you need to stay over here for a little while until you figure it out. But there's no fear in love but perfect love. Now here's the problem. You say to the preacher, I love God. I ask, is it perfect? 
Well, not yet. Well, then stay a little bit. Stay attached. Just stay attached a little bit. Don't, don't totally detach from that dread yet. We're striving toward perfection and perfect love cast out fear because fear involves, you see, I'm thinking about the consequence. You know, God doesn't want us walking around like zombies and going, well, I got to make sure I do this. Oh, I got to say I'm sorry. I got to, no, no. You see, you love God and so you strive toward perfection. We love God and so we strive toward excellence. We love God, so we strive to live our lives, listen church, today without sinning. How about that? Nope. I'm, I'm not sinning. Today I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the fight. Today I'm, I'm, I'm in it for you, Lord. Today I'm living my life without sinning. And then I find myself living my life and then, oops. What happens when I find myself falling short? I, I can't wait to get back aligned with Jesus. You, you see, it's like the relationship we have at home. You know, you, you're in your home and, and you're married couples. And we've seen it if you've never been there before. And, you, and you're angry at each other and so you're not talking to each other. And eventually, you, you get to the point where you're like, man, we've got to reconcile. I can't wait to reconcile. We've gotta, we have to get this right. And eventually you overcome and you, and you both apologize. You say, how silly we've been, you know, acting this way and blah, blah, blah. Well, see, it's, it's got to be deeper than that for God. Right? I, I just, can you imagine that my sin separates me from God? It's not that God can't hear me. It's not that God can't see me. It's that my sin separates me from God. And, 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 and as, as Jesus, to, to be apart from God while even on the earth, just that alone. Can you imagine being separated from the Father? Perfect love cast out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love. Because he first loved us. We can't even take credit for that, can we? You, know, you can't even take credit for that. Say, oh God, look at how much I love you. And God goes, well, I mean, wait a minute. Let's think about how much I love you. This morning, church, the question is this. Is my life aligned with Jesus? And if it's not, do I love Jesus enough to do what's necessary to get my life right with God? If you're not a Christian, that means coming to Jesus and surrendering to him in the waters of baptism. The old man dying, the new man being resurrected to life. Those sins washed away. To the Christian, it means if I've walked outside of God, if I've stepped away from God, it means... It means I need, to, I need to come to God and ask for forgiveness. I need, and whether you do that at home or whether you've got some public thing going, you've got to make it, whatever you have to do, you've got to make it right. Whatever you have to do, you have to make it right. You don't have to make it right with me. You don't have to make it right with us. But you sure got to make it right with God. And so this morning, if anything has been said to encourage you in any way, if we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.
to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence